Good morning. And peace be with you. Well, uh, there's a kind of a snarky comment going out there that says, I'm marked safe from the coronavirus. And uh, I think it's taken its toll as I look out here and see some empty seats. So uh, thank you, brave ones, for... Oh, the time changed. That is true. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, I, w- <sighs> I guess that still happens to people. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I encourage you um, to make phone calls uh, to folks uh, that you didn't see here today or maybe and just find out how they're doing and uh, let them know that it's better when they're here and uh, that uh, uh, it's okay. We are going to make some changes for a little while here um, out of reverence uh, just for the conditions and things that are going on. Uh, when we share the peace, uh, I think uh, if you'll allow me to make this uh, suggestion, if not dictate, um, mandate. Why don't we do the sharing of the peace from our seats? We can stand and, you know, and all of that stuff. Um, I know that uh, everybody here washes their hands uh, at least once a day. And um, and I know that, uh, you know, some of our, well, many of our, our uh, immune systems can be compromised and so forth. So just in order to um, take that barrier away, let's, um, let's make a change until the weather gets warm. And then I think those little critters are going to croak and everyone's going to be fine and we'll all have glowing tans and, you know, even though mine will be like a farmer tan, but we'll go from there. Okay, amen? Sound fair? Um, Ken uh, Keen has an announcement uh, in regards to uh, Thrivent. Would you like to speak about that? Very good. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. Um, so that is, I think, the news that's fit to tell. Does anyone from council have anything that I should mention? Um, we have the meeting next week on Saturday, yes. Uh, we are still amassing uh, from those uh, who need little handyman work to give Ashley a call and a list, and we are putting together some helpers and workers, one of which is Mark Thompson. And um, so, you know, we're just going to uh, see how that comes and uh if you have, if you need some help, little handyman jobs. We got uh, several very good ones, but I would say he's probably the chief of of all of them because uh, my understanding is is that he can fix anything, right? And now look, he's being he's like, oh yeah, thanks for calling me out on the carpet there, Pastor Ken. Take my word for it. I've chatted with him. He knows uh, how to operate a screwdriver and everything else uh, after that. So, you know, if uh, you need a torque wrench, I would bet he has one, okay? So, (laughs) thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. That's a very kind thing. Well, let us stand and let us sing as unto the Lord. Um, Our opening hymn is uh, For the Beauty of the Earth. It's found on page 561.
together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unknown. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1 through 9, and can be found on the Pew Bible on page 17. So we're going to read Genesis 12, 1 through 9. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as, a, uh, uh, as, far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward Negev. We're going to read Psalm 121 responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The epistle this morning is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, and continuing to verse 13 through 17, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1751. 
Romans 4, 1 through 8, and then 13 through 17. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had nothing to boast about, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. It is not through the law that Abraham and his offsprings received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offsprings, not only those who are of the law, but also those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believes, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel reading this morning does indeed come from St. John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, and they can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1649. 1649. John 3, 1 through 17. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, and surely they cannot enter a second time 
into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Itch here. Nicodemus is a failure, spiritually at least. In the world, in the world he was quite successful. In the world he was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. In the world he was well respected in society, and the society thought that he was wise. In the world he was a teacher a teacher who knew the scriptures forwards and backwards. And yet, Nicodemus just messes so many things up in John 3. First, he comes to Jesus by night. Nicodemus is a man of power, a man of influence, And he knows that many of the Pharisees are giving Jesus a hard time. 
Does he stand up for Jesus? Does he argue that he should be listened to fairly? No. No, he does not. Nicodemus comes by night when no one can see him there. That is not exactly boldness. Then in their conversation, Nicodemus doesn't understand one thing that Jesus says. In fact, we are witness to him constantly giving the wrong answer to the point where Jesus asks this, are you the teacher of Israel? <laughs> and you don't get this? You don't understand what these things mean? Nicodemus is embarrassed because he doesn't really know what's going on. Nick at night. Yet, what does Jesus the Christ do? He doesn't mock Nicodemus like I just did. Jesus doesn't kick Nicodemus out or refuse to talk to him anymore. Instead, Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. And Jesus keeps spelling things out more and more, even to the point where we get John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever dies in him should not perish but have eternal life. And Jesus, he just keeps on explaining, making things clearer and clearer. You see, it's not about Nicodemus and his failures. It's about God loving the world through his son, Christ Jesus. Listen to this. You don't, I don't, we don't need to impress Jesus with our knowledge. You don't need to hold up your successes before him, and when you see your failures, you don't need to shrink away. Jesus is the same yesterday, today. He's the same forever. And just as he showed Nicodemus patience, as he showed Nicodemus love, as he showed him the nature of God, he proclaimed the gospel to him. So, too, even today, your Lord is patient with you and will continue to give you his word and his spirit so that you know that he loves you and forgives you. Now, on to our Old Testament reading. Did you notice it was Abram? And Sarai, 
God changes their names in Genesis 17. This was Genesis 12. And in Genesis 17, 5, Abraham is given, or Abram is given the word Abraham, which means father of many. Sarai, is, her name is changed to Sarah, which means princess or woman of strength. God is always changing people's names, and it really gets confusing. I have to thank my friend in my men's Bible study for that one because I agree. He changes an awful lot of names in the Bible, does he not? And it does get, you know, Saul, Paul. I mean, it's, it's, it's really funny. And <clears throat> one day, you and I will have new names too. In Genesis 12, there is a great promise made. Which promises does God keep? All of them. The promise is made that if Abraham or Abram and Sarai leave their homeland, if we continue on through Genesis, we find that Abraham had been through the ringer, absolute ringer since leaving his homeland back in Genesis 12. He found famine. He found arguments. He found having to rescue Lot and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. He found that the promised land was looking to be rife with difficulties and hardships. And so the Lord comes to Abraham, Abram, and makes a very blunt statement in Genesis 15.1. He says, I am your shield. This is a fantastic promise. This stuff that you see getting thrown at you today, personally in your lives, thrown at you, tossed at you. Abram, don't worry about it. God is your shield. That's what he told him. And it's going to hit him. And not you. God is your shield. The things of the world are going to hit him, God, but not you, for he is your shield. That was a promise made to Abram. That's a promise made to you. The Lord will take the brunt of it, not you. Yet Abram isn't pleased. How unlike most men, right? Not pleased with the promise, because there's a lot of things going on. It's hard. You don't know what it's like. One man in the Bible said, oh, I cursed the day I was born. Had I never been born. Abraham, Abraham is not pleased. He's near despondent because he hasn't got any kids yet. And the Lord said he'd have kids that he would be made into a great nation in the promised land. And the Lord has Abram look at the stars and says again that Abram will have kids in the Lord's time, though. 
You'll have children that outnumber the stars in my time. And of course, Abram would. We know the rest of the story because one of Abram's descendants would be Christ Jesus, the Lord himself. And Jesus would be Abram's shield most fully. God tells him, do not be afraid. I am your shield. Jesus would provide not just protection from daily troubles, but Jesus would be Abram's shield and our shield against Satan, sin, and death. Jesus would go to the cross and there take upon himself the impact, the blow of sin and death so that Abram, so that you, so that I will live eternally. And when the Lord makes a promise, he means it. And it's a good promise. And sometimes we get distracted by the details or we don't like the timing. But Christ Jesus is your shield. Christ Jesus, he is your life and your salvation. And that's for forever, for eternity. And that is true on your best day. And that is true on your worst day. For he is faithful and he is true to you. You were, you are shielded in your baptism. You were covered in Christ's righteousness. You are covered in Christ's righteousness. You were sealed by the Spirit. You are sealed by the Spirit. You were marked by the cross. You are marked by the cross. You have been given the Holy Spirit who dwells in you now. That same Spirit that caused Jesus to rise from the tomb and proclaim, I have life for you. That Spirit lives in you. You are shielded by your faith. You are shielded by the Word. You are shielded today anew at the altar whereupon you receive Christ. You receive His body given for you. That shields you. You receive His blood shed for you. That shields you. His perfect work has saved you, shielded you once and for all. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand? Let us confess our faith together to the words of the Nicene Creed. On page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, As uh, sons and daughters of Abraham, according to the promise, we come to you this day, O Lord, to pray for ourselves, for the sick, for the church, for the nation, and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, To Abraham you gave the promise of many descendants. Give to us faith that we may delight in your promise through the ages that has kept or that was kept in Christ our Savior and never waver from it. Please equip us with your spirit that we may be bold in witness and faithful in mission carrying your name and your gospel to every place and every people. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, to us you have given a righteousness not our own. You've bestowed upon us in baptism and daily worn by faith. Grant that we may have courage and conviction to live without fear and in holiness the new lives given to us in this baptismal water. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, through patriarchs and prophets, you spoke your word. Bless all the pastors that 
they may faithfully preach and teach your word. Raise up many for church work vocations and bless them as they prepare in college and seminary for your service. Give us ears to hear and hearts to heed their proclamation and service in your name. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, to make us wise unto salvation, you have given us your word and your spirit. Bless those who teach and those who learn in the schools and colleges and universities that they may be equipped with knowledge and the desire to serve you in their various callings and to serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, to protect us, you have established rulers and earthly authorities. Bless Donald, our president, Gavin, our governor, the Congress of these United States, the legislature of this state, and all who make, administer, and judge our laws. Help us to preserve our liberty and use its gift wisely in the pursuit of justice and for the welfare of all people. In your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, to heal your people and give them everlasting life, you sent forth your own Son as our Savior. And by your word and spirit, lift up your people from their sorrows. Heal them according to your gracious will. And deliver them from pain of death to eternal life. Lord, hear us, we pray, especially for those whom we know who are in need right now. And for those we name silently in our hearts. Sustain them in their afflictions. Comfort them in the hour of death. And raise up the dead in Christ according to your gracious promise through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, to forgive our sins and to nourish our faith, your Son has set his table among us and given us his flesh as food and his blood as drink. Give to us your spirit that we may approach the sacrament with faith and with a repentant heart receive for our benefit all your gifts and grace given to us in this holy communion. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, to those who have fought the good fight and now rest from their labors, you have given light and life. Help us so that we may remember with thanksgiving the blessings you showed to them in their lives and learn from their example to be faithful unto death. Bring us with them into your presence where we may behold your glory face to face. Lord, in your mercy, and O oh Lord, to Nicodemus, your son, brought hope 
and the promise of new birth and everlasting life. Give to us the same hope and confirm in us in the same promise that we may have confidence in your grace and trust you to provide all things needed for this body and this life and for everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace where we stand. Waving's fine. And uh, may God bless you. Will you please stand? Let us pray together. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should in all times and all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and 
prepare with joy for the paschal feast. Renew our zeal in the faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we do praise your name and we do join their unending hymn. Holy. in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took the bread, and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again in glory. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus himself gave to us. Our Father, actually studying the Lord's Supper. We just uh, kind of, we concluded in our um, Bible study after the service uh, last week. And one of the things that was brought up was how we are to approach the table. And uh, Paul really makes a, has a recipe for it. And and, and he points out that some people had done it wrong in the past. In fact, during the time that he was there in Corinth, that the people were, had like separate rooms where the people that had big money were hanging out and partying and eating, and there were people that had nothing and were starving. And you had people getting drunk on the wine, and, and Paul says, this is, he says, you shouldn't do this. This is not right. I wish you weren't even taking communion. So, we don't do that here, obviously. Uh, the cups are too small and the bread's, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, but how are we to come forward? Well, that's a personal thing between you and God the Father. This is his son given for you, his son's blood shed for you. And Jesus invites you up and says, come and eat. I have new life for you. Paul admonishes us to come with a repentant heart. That means that as we come up, um, 
I don't know, you could be thinking of all that he has done for you and all that he endured for you and all of the things that you and I, we receive because of what he did out of love on that cross for you and for me. Or you could be thinking about anything regardless. You remember last week, whether you're good or bad or grumpy or whatever it is, it's okay because this table is set for you because he loves you. And if Jesus is your Lord and Savior and you confess him with your mouth and I heard you do it, then come. The table's prepared. You may be seated and you will be ushered up. My prayer is that though uh, these are troubled times, there is no lack of things to worry about, that you find peace knowing that God has claimed you as his child, that he has given you his son as a perfect lamb, and that he will shield you from all things that will harm you. He's already shielded you from all things that would harm you. So take faith, take heart, do not let your heart be troubled. Because the one we celebrate today has overcome the world. Let us pray the benediction. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And... Apropos, good one, Liz. Great is thy faithfulness. Let us sing.
Let us go in peace and serve the Lord.